Hello, and welcome to this episode of Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty, a resource to equip and encourage leaders to make disciples who make disciple makers. I'm your host, Chris Swain, here with Robbie Gallaty, the pastor of Long Hollow Baptist Church, founder and president of Replicate Ministries. Today on the podcast, we are going to talk about having a monastic faith with an evangelist heart, which is a pretty unique title. It's a pretty unique concept, and uh, it's an idea that... Is it even possible? Is it even possible? It's an idea that sprung out of a, I won't say disagreement, but a, a uh, interesting conversation we had in which we, on the outset, did not agree. Yeah. And at the end, I'm not sure we agreed either, but we are going to take it to the podcast. That's what we decided. Taking it to the podcast <laughs> for a we, duel. <laughs> when we don't know how this conversation is going to end, we take it to the people and yeah, let them let decide. Let them decide, yeah. Wait a second. That sounds like a news uh, yeah. situation. But what we want to do is we want to talk about the importance of studying God's Word and, being, and immersing ourselves in God's Word as we follow God, but at the same time, not neglect the world. And so you were talking about some monks, and I've always been interested in monks. Like, I envision them wearing robes and eating really good food and just hanging out in a warm monastery. Well, it's not the, the first is, two are probably right. The first two, are, but it's not warm. Well, it depends is on it where cold? they live. Are it, they wearing robes? They don't have. Why a, the robes? That's what I want to know about monks. Why the robes? Yeah. Uh, if I was a monk, I'd go pajama. Pants. I think that was the. I think that was the Z Cavaricis of the uh, <laughs> of the fourth century, as it was in the nineties, and that's Some the uh, American Eagle of today. I guess <laughs> I don't know. I was in an airport recently, and I saw a monk, like with a little shaven circle out of the top of the hair. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He had the full brown robe with the, I mean, it was it was pretty serious stuff. You know why they shave the head like that? I don't. Okay. Because they're eventually going to go bald and they're like, ha, beat you to it. Probably not. No, that's probably not what the, <laughs> they're not trying to get ahead of the bald. No, well, that would that's help. That's what though. I thought. Yeah, that like, would help. Guys going bald. Some guys losing his hair is like, I'm going to make this a fashion statement yeah. that nobody can Or a guy it. losing his hair, so I might as well just join a monastery well. yeah. so I can get it right <laughs> No, they do that. I'm pretty sure they do that because it's a reminder that they're under a higher authority. So uh, there's a straight beam into the head, no hair blocking it. Because uh, God can't make his way direct, through some hair. Direct contact from heaven. Yeah, probably, probably not. Yeah. I hope that's not the No, answer. that's not it. That's, we may need to look up our fact checker to see. Dylan, to find out why monks, and I, I know I'm going to say this wrong yeah. all podcasts. Monk so. or monk? Is it monk? It's or monk. It's, monk. It's like uncle. Monk. Uncle. Monkle, uncle, uncle, monkle. Okay, let's just call them M's from now on. It's like unknown. Say and unknown. No, I'm not saying now anything else. Now they just throw else. an M on it. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying anything else. Okay. Okay, so here's the, what is the question? Let's get so into the, the question. Que- so the argument kind of uh, started, well, it wasn't an argument, but just a good conversation we had started when you were talking about these monks. Yeah. And the way you were talking about it, I was like, you're kind of looking up to these guys, and I'm not sure they're doing what they should be doing. Yeah. And from my, uh, you know, American perspective of someone who's grown up in America, going to church in America, being a pastor in America, um, looking at that faith and thinking to myself, you know, what good are these guys doing closing themselves off of, from the world and, uh, and living the life of a monk? Yeah, well, that's what we were taught in seminary. Uh, a lot of us, Protestantism always has frowned upon monasteries and uh, the, the monks going into the monasteries or... Um, 
people who sequester themselves from the world. Right. That's what we were taught in seminary. These guys, this is the line. The, the, the narrative is this. Here's a group of guys mm-hmm. who, sur- who are supposed to be out evangelizing and reaching the world, and yet they have isolated themselves separate and apart from the culture. Right. They're not sharing their faith with anybody, and yes. yet they're chanting songs, praying prayers, yeah. and, and fasting uh, and eating seven times a day. You know, It's the spiritual equivalent of the homeschooler. So that's that's a pretty accurate. That's pretty accurate. That's pretty. So accurate. we homeschool in my household. So I'm not criticizing homeschool, but I would say most of the world looks at us and says, "Hey, you're trying to hide your kids in your house. Well, you're scared of the world." Dude, that is a perfect illustration. Actually, that, look at you. It's early, and you've come up with something it that's an really accident. insightful. It was an accident because I haven't thought of it that way. When you said sequestered away from the world, I just thought that's what people. Okay, think I'm so doing here, like so we here's a fun fact. So we homeschooled for a year. I remember. I said we as in candy mostly. Yeah. I taught Bible <laughs> one 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 class a week. That was probably an advanced class. Class, it was advanced, yeah, it was advanced Bible. But uh, one year, Candy did it. We were in a transition of moving, and uh, God really put it on her heart, and she did it. Now, here's the thing about homeschooling. If you're listening and you don't homeschool, mm-hmm. then you normally have no clue at homeschooling. You, you have this kind Denim, of... Denim dresses. Negative perspective. Long hair, King James only. Yeah, yeah, that's what you think. Yeah, you think, man, these people are not in... The, but the thing is, once you participate in that, you realize there's a whole subculture of parents who really are passionate about their kids knowing the things of God and learning things, and it's not lesser than school or easier education. Right. It's actually equal to. Right. But when you are outside of it, it's easy to throw stones at it. Mm. I think the same thing happens in the monastery. People on the outside, which is most of us listening, yeah. have always been taught these guys are not sharing their faith, therefore they're not of God, therefore it's not a good mm. thing. Yeah. And I want to push back on that and say a couple of things or not right with that logic. Yeah, well, I think first, um, when we talk about monks, let's clarify what you're talking about, because first of all, I don't know of any monks around here. We live in the Nashville area. No. There could be some. No. Where are these monks at? Um, Where I, is this monastery? The closest monastery would be Kentucky, Kentucky from us. Has the, a the Gethsemane. Uh, uh, the so Gethsemane. That's a reality show I want to watch right there. Yeah. The Kentucky Monastery. Oh, that's good. If now, I you, can get a do camera. You know, do you know, this is funny, they actually have a podcast no. from the monastery. <laughs> yes, yes. And can we support that I podcast? May have, I'm, I'm not going to uh, affirm or deny <laughs> that I may have listened to many of those. Really? Yes, I'm not going to go any further, but so yes. did... In listening to the podcast, was there a southern drawl in the accent of the monks? It depends on what what monastery you're listening to. A Kentucky monk just sounds interesting. Yeah, Kentucky monk. I don't want to judge. Well, just because the monastery's in Kentucky doesn't mean the monks are from Kentucky. Okay, so the monks were like, "Hey, Kentucky's awesome. We're going there." But they could be from Britain. Yeah. Well, I had uh, I've already stayed in the monastery by the way twice. You did? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You went to a monastery. When was this? Uh, Two thousand. 2003, 2004. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What did you do in the monastery? That's another podcast. Okay, let's move on. Okay, we will get on. to I'm that sorry. in another podcast. So, so let's, let's talk about why we want to affirm these guys. Now, let me yeah. just say a couple of things. Or I'm, not affirm. Let's talk about why we or may not want affirm. to affirm them or why we may say they're And wrong. there are things we will affirm and right. and, and, and uh, yes. shy away from. Yes. Okay, so here, here's what I would say. Number one is I'm not supporting uh, or, or saying you should go into the monastic movement at this point. I'm not saying... You should sell everything and go do that. Uh, if God leads you to do that, I mean, you, you do whatever the Lord leads you to do. Yeah. But what I'm saying here is this is a group of people who we wouldn't agree with everything they believe. Mm-hmm. Most monasteries have their roots in Catholicism. Yeah, I think people can 
be true believers within Catholicism, mm -hmm. okay, because I was raised in Catholicism, but I would say they would be true believers not because of the system, watch mm -hmm. this, but, be, but in spite of the system. Mm -hmm. What do I mean? It's a system of works to stay in the grace of God. Now, right. I've said this before, and this is not a podcast on Catholicism, but mm -hmm. I will say Catholicism is repackaged Judaism. Mm -hmm. do, do you know that? Seven festivals, before, yes. seven sacraments, priesthood in the Old Testament, priesthood in Catholicism, mm -hmm. hierarchical system in Judaism, hierarchical system, hierarchical system in Catholicism, mm. separation between people and God in Judaism with yeah. the priesthood. I mean, you see the similarities. Right. They sacrifice animals in the Old Testament as a way to have a relationship with God. Every Sunday you go through a Catholic mass, there is a sacrifice of the Eucharist. That's what they're doing with the Eucharist, the blood and the body. Yeah. They are having a sacrificial service yeah. of sacrificing Christ again and eating the body and blood. Okay, so there's a lot of similarities. There. Yes. But this is what I would say. You can be a follower of God and born mm -hmm. again in Catholicism, not mm -hmm. because of, but in spite of. You this can still works, to follow Christ. But yeah. Still understand what Christ has done in dying for our sin. Yes. Yeah. And I would say the same thing. I would say there are saved priests out there. This may catch some people off guard. I've yeah. met a few I think are saved, born yeah. again. I think there are saved monks out there and following. I believe that. I believe yeah. all that. I believe there are pastors who are leading Baptist churches who are unsaved. Hello. Can you give us some names? No, but you. <laughs> but, but if you're listening, you probably know yeah. of a few. Okay, so it's not just right. so it's easy for us to throw shade at Catholicism sure. or Methodism and then and then champion our religion, you know, mm -hmm. Church of Christ or Assembly of God or Pentecost and, or whatever, yeah. and say we're right and they're wrong. Okay, so there's there are pitfalls in every religion. Mm -hmm. Here's what I would say: there's something you can learn from everyone. Mm -hmm. Here's the point I want to make, and we'll come back from this when we get uh, back from the break. I tell my kids this all the time: you can learn truth from anybody. Mm -hmm. You can learn truth anywhere. Yeah. You don't need – the Bible is, the, is not the only book that has truth in it, by the way. And this is going to catch a few people off guard. I know right. you're thinking right now, what is he talking about? The, the Bible, Bible is not – truth. The Bible contains the truth. truth, and yes. it is truth. Right. But there's truth found in other things. Yes. Okay? I think you would agree with that. Like a science book might say, hey, there's gravity. Well, that's true. Yeah, one plus one is two. That's true. That's right. That's truth. Okay. Right. It's not biblical truth. Okay. So what I'm saying is there are lessons of truth and mm -hmm. insights we can learn right. from places outside of the Bible and outside of our 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 strain or or, or our lane that we're in of Christianity. Mm -hmm. The challenge for many people, and this has always never been the challenge for me, because remember, I was saved at 26, didn't have a dad in the pastor, no one in the ministry, didn't know a church home. Yeah. I mean, I didn't have any of that. You didn't have a framework from which you were working. Yes. So I naively would read different books that were outside of the respected, suggested oh, yeah, books. <laughs> and obviously there were some wacky right. things in a lot of these books at times, but... What happened was I realized that it's okay to read outside of the, the vein of, of, of my uh, religion mm -hmm. or my denomination, but here's how you have to read this, and we'll come back to this. Mm -hmm. When you're studying the monasteries and when you're studying the uh, people outside of your tribe, you want to eat the fish and spit out the bones. Mm -hmm. You don't want to choke on the bones. A lot of people <laughs> choke right. on the bone. You want to eat the fish and spit out the bones. Some books, there's a lot of bones less fish, but yeah. there's still a little bit of fish in there. Right. Other books, a lot of fish, few bones. you yeah. got to figure that out yourself. That's a great point, and we'll continue to talk about that right after this break. 
Over the last few decades, American churches have produced plenty of converts, but not as many mature believers. Studies show the majority of Christians don't even understand the basics of faith. But how do you tackle such a big problem? You and I wrote a book, Robbie Galdi and Chris Wayne wrote a book called Replicate. The book comes out June 2nd, 2020. And if you pre-order now, we're offering an exclusive eight-lesson video series that will guide you through each chapter. We're excited about this book. If you want to find out more, you can go to replicatebook.com and you can pre-order right now, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, ChristianBook.com, Apple Books, or wherever books are sold. Go to replicatebook.com to find out more. And we're back. We're talking about monks. You were mentioning, you know, you want to read, uh, you want to be able to read other things. Um, and we want to be careful here. There may be some new believers who are like, uh, you know, my, my pastor or my leader told me to get into the Bible, stay in the Bible. Uh, we would agree with that. The Bible is the, the, the number one book you should be reading. You should read the Bible instead of studies. You should read the Bible instead of other things. What you're talking about is we can learn from other things, knowing that the Bible is the, the main thing that we should be focusing on. We can still learn from other things. We yeah. can learn from watching other people. We can, uh, as you said, eat the fish, spit out the bones. Um, and navigate those kinds of things, and we and we're smart when we when we don't completely exclude everybody um, from teaching us something that we might need to learn. So expound on that, because that that can be a little bit scary for some leaders who are like, wait a second, uh, I want to make sure you're not teaching heresy. I want to yeah. make sure my people are not getting into heresy. We want to protect our people from you know reading something that's going to cause them to believe uh, something that's just not absolutely not true or begin to lean in that direction we know of a lot of guys very popular guys who've written books who were leaders for years and then suddenly they took a decision um rob bell springs to mind he decided hey i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and make the statement that you know people won't be going to hell well that's a pretty uh it's <laughs> a yeah. pretty yeah. strong statement and and it's against what scripture teaches so clearly which is funny because be that, that's one of the many statements he made that, that's more right, of right. a a sidebar thing. Sure. Because I would say even, um, what is his name in England that just died recently? He didn't believe in hell. Anni mm. he, he would believe in annihilationism. Um, I can't think of his name. But yeah. but anyway, but but everybody respects him. Right. The issue with Rob Bell is he started to question uh, whether the Bible was inerrant or infallible. Mm. Right. And those were yes, where he got yes. off track. Okay. Uh, so so here's, what, here's what I'm saying with the, the monastery. I'm not saying we follow what they say mm -hmm. so much as we learn from what they do. Yeah. Okay. So here, here's what I would say. Let me sh let me give you the history of how monasteries started, okay. and then you'll you'll have I think a little bit more appreciation for them, and then at the end we'll unpack some ways right. we can apply this to our life because I've learned a lot from them in my own personal life. Okay? Yes. Number one is this, the mo or the first thing is this: the monastery started because you have to understand what was happening in the empire back then in the 4th and 5th century, mm -hmm. okay? So th 313, roughly A.D., Constantine comes on the scene. Constantine takes over the whole world. He's the leader. He adds Christianity or little c Catholicism to his repertoire because mm -hmm. he's, a, he's a military leader. He's not really interested in, in being a Christian. He wants mm -hmm. to win wars. Yeah. He wants to control. So he, his mom is supposedly Catholic, little c, meaning universal. Mm. And so he says, I'm going to add this to my, my, my empire. In mm. uh, one fail swoop, he, he basically baptizes the whole nation. They line up. Soldiers become the baptistry. In a sense, they dip palm, palm branches in water. And the nation of people just walk by like a parade, and they mm. baptize the entire nation. Wow. Okay, So the empire goes from pagan to Catholicism in a short period of time. In name. In name only, yeah. right, okay? Because you got to understand, the Romans were 
uh, or polytheists. They believed in multiple gods. They had a they had a arsenal of gods that they could choose from at any time. You yeah. want to get pregnant, you choose you know Dionysus. You want power, you choose Aphrodite. You want fertility, you know, that's how they choose. Um, so basically, now they go from being lost to being so-called Catholic. But it doesn't take effect until basically the mid-400s mm. with a ruler called Thaddeus. Thaddeus comes around. And you got to understand, prior to Constantine, you have the empire, which is basically being per- or persecuting people for being Christians. Mm-hmm. Okay, Constantine comes on the scene. He says, we're going to have po- Pax Romana. You remember this? Mm-hmm. Pax Romana. What it is sounds it? familiar. I don't remember. You ever heard of Pax Romana? Colton. It sounds like a disease. Okay. It sounds like the chicken pox. I got a bad corona- case of the pox. Sounds pox like the coronavirus, but it's not. Okay. Uh, Dylan, do you know what pox, pox Romana? Uh, that's one of those things from seminary that I think I learned that from you, the yeah. test and then maybe. Yeah. You, he learned it and he forgot it. <laughs> I remembered it, it. I got an A on the okay. test. Okay. Romana is what? Uh, Rome. Rome. And pox is what? A disease. Peace. Oh. Peace. So when chicken pox, we're talking about chicken peace? I don't know if that's peaceful because oh, okay. I've had that's that. But no, no, this is the peace of Rome. Oh, okay, gotcha. So now we have the peace of Rome. The empire is laxed on its persecution of Christians. Okay. Within just a century and a half, you're gonna you're gonna love this. Now we move with Thaddeus, who comes into Philippi and Thessalonica as a Roman leader, and basically says, "You convert to Catholicism or you die." So you think of what's happened in just a short period of time. Okay, so you have persecution of Christians, you have the exploitation of religion, and you have all of this going on. And so you have this group of primitive, pure Christians, okay, which would be the precursor to the monastery, yeah. where they are wanting to practice religion, they're wanting to follow God, but there is the pressure of the world, we have, we have persecution coming in, and they realize the only way they can do it is to do what? To do it freely, yeah, is to go in seclusion away from the culture and the mm-hmm. pressures of the world, which is skewing and compromising their beliefs. Yeah. And so what they're going to do, they're going to go away in a community and live together. This mm-hmm. was the idea. We we're going to live in perfect harmony with God. We're going to practice our religion. We're going to be at peace with God. We're going to live off the land. We're going to mm-hmm. produce fruits and vegetables, and we're going to enjoy God. So if you study that that way, that's a good thing. Yeah, doesn't okay? sound as uh, separationist as the original. No, no, it sta- no, it starts in a community, kind of yeah. a communal feel. Okay, so they go away, and what happens is over time they just slowly detach themselves from the community, and they get kind of a bad rap. Now yeah. here's here's what's hard for us as American yeah. Christians. This too. is where the argument kicks in. This is where the argument kicks in. Here's what's hard for us with American Christians, and I think this is a misunderstanding personally of the gospel. Mm. I know that's a big statement. That is a big statement, sweeping statement. Very big statement. But here's what I want to say: we have, we have, and I wrote a whole book about this called "Here and Now." Mm -hmm. Okay, and I basically, I basically um, take a shot at the misunderstanding of what salvation is Mm -hmm. in Christianity. Because for us, salvation is. Um, or, or the Christian life is blank. Okay, I'll ask you before I ask the audience. You oh, listen. boy. The Christian life, to be a Christian, mm-hmm. a, a faithful follower of Christ, is to do what? Is to follow Jesus okay. and do what he did. Okay, and what else? What else would the average Christian say? What would the, oh, average, the average pastor Christ, say? Oh, the, the average pastor. Live right, for go Jesus. To church, pray, read your Bible, uh, 
You're missing one thing. Yep. Keep going. Keep going. Missing one more thing. Keep going. Uh, I'm not sure. It's the else. title of this podcast. Oh, making disciples. Okay. Would the average pastor say that? Though? No, no, that's not the title of this podcast. <laughs> no, the title of this podcast. Uh, share the gospel. Yes. Share your faith. Share your faith. Here yes. we go. Here you go. It took us seven tries, there but there go. we go. Wow. Okay. That's all right. That's you, all right. You were uh, all the other things astray. were good. I was trying to give you a right answer. No, you did. You you you, you gave me great answers, but the, you wanted but the wrong answer. That's, that's not what the American pastor would say. You ask an American pastor, mm-hmm. "What is my job as a Christian?" He would say, "Lead people to Christ. Lead people to Jesus. Yes. Go out and win people to Christ. Save souls. Yes. Now, is anything wrong with that? Uh, I'm gonna say no, but I feel like that's a trick question. The answer is no. There's nothing wrong with that. You got it right. There's nothing wrong with that. But here's the problem. It's more than that. Right. And what's happened in our Christian faith, and this is how we gauge success of a church. This is how we gauge effectiveness of people. Mm-hmm. It is how many people are you leading to Jesus? Yeah. How many people are you winning to Christ? And what happens is we've created these false categories in our mind that if everybody's not leading and adding to those categories, mm-hmm. they are a lesser than Christian. Well, a little sidebar, if that is a metric for success, almost everyone in our churches is failing. Yes, except, yes, yes. <laughs> except for about, you know, 5%. Very few, very yeah. few. If that is the metric for success, then most Christians live beat down uh, and discouraged because they can never do it and they feel, okay. Yeah. The question is this, is that is that the only gauge of effectiveness yeah. as a Christian? Well, that's where the argument came in. Are monks wrong in separating themselves and not sharing the gospel with people outside? The, yes. The okay, monastery? here's the problem. We get, that was the question I asked. Yes, here's the problem. We're getting to the problem. Yes. Here's the problem. The problem is when we categorize uh, works, mm-hmm. okay, what, are, what I mean. What we have in our mind is a, a category, a list, if you will, of certain works that the Christian does, and there are some superior to others, mm. and there are either ors, not yeah. both ands. That's the point I want to make. Sharing the out. gospel is number one on the list. Everything else is way, way down. Yeah, the that's an either or, meaning it's that or nothing. Mm. Okay, you share your faith or nothing. But that's not the way the first century disciples thought. That's not the way Easterners thought. Easterners don't think either or. Yeah. They think both and. Right. So what's happened for us as, as Western American Christians is we have elevated evangelism to an unhealthy level, and we have minimized and turned a blind ear to prayer, fasting, seeking God, reading the Word, silence, solitude, isolation. Mm-hmm. I can keep going, but that's, mm-hmm. that's the practice of the monastery. Yeah. And what we say is, if you're not sharing your faith, I don't care how long you pray. Mm. If you're not sharing your faith, I don't care how long you, you're reading your Bible. Yeah. And listen, that even happens today in the American church. Sure. We get we get sometimes, you know, pastors will well, they won't yeah. say it publicly, but in the past they've said it kind of in around about about our ministry at Replicate is that that's all these guys want to do is read the Bible, study scripture, and sit in a room and pray. Right. And it's like it's like if you're not sharing your faith and if it doesn't, you know, it's like a waste of time. No, no, no. Yeah. It's not an either or, guys. Yeah. It's a both and. Yeah. And so what, what I would say is we can learn a lot about prayer. Mm-hmm. We can learn a lot about fasting. Mm-hmm. We can learn a lot about meditation. We can learn a lot about isolation and contemplation and, yeah. and listening to God. When was the last time you sat for an hour alone in a room by yourself hearing from God in prayer? Uh, an hour? One hour. I can't, think of, I can't think of the last time I've done that. 
an hour is a long time. Yeah, think of those. Li- yeah, think of those listening. <laughs> but I would also say the monks are probably saying all these guys are out there just sharing the gospel. They're not even walking with God. They're not even investing in their own. That's faith. a great They're point. They would probably indict us the their same way. Their podcast is probably saying that's accurate. <laughs> That's, their podcast is saying you guys need to pray Jesus, more. They're just trying to sell cars. Yeah, and here's the pro- yeah, and here, here therein lies the problem. The problem is this: the problem is in our life because we're Westerners, we try to make it A or B, mm. when in a sense it's A B. Yeah, it's both, yeah. and it's okay. And so uh, I think I think the end of the, the day, I think we could say this to people. I think it's a, a whole lot easier to express grace to people who, how am I, I mean, let's just end with this, but mm-hmm. who am I as a Protestant pastor, okay? And granted, I know you might say, well, they don't know, you know, they're in a system of works. Okay, throw that out. Really, you're going to criticize a guy who wakes up at 3.30 every day on his face to pray with God for the first time of his prayers. He's going to pray seven times a day. He's going to have seven times a day where he's going to stop and go pray and read scripture and worship and meditate and spend time with God. And I'm not, I'm not saying where this guy is spiritually, but I'm saying it's very, it, it bothers me when you have American pastors mm. criticizing these guys who are up at 3.30 a.m. spending time with God in prayer and meditation and scripture reading, and they do that seven times a day to go to bed, roughly seven or eight, so they can do it again. And yet, you have American pastors who don't read their Bible, who don't memorize scripture, who don't spend time with God, and yet they're going to criticize these guys. Come on, that's a pretty good answer. So we need to have a faith in which we're walking and pursuing Christ and His Word and practicing those things, but also sharing the gospel. A heart of an evangelist. It's both and. It's not one or the other. So it's a great podcast, great time. If you enjoyed the podcast, as always, share it with someone. Pick up your phone right now and text them and say, you need to listen to this podcast on having a monastic faith with an evangelist heart. If you want to, you can also rate the podcast. We love it if you would give us a five-star rating on wherever you get your podcasts, and we will uh, be with you next time. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty. If you don't mind, take a moment to subscribe and share the podcast. You can find out more about disciple making, resources related to disciple making, and our customized training on our website at replicate.org.